Why are you pointing at me? Because you, you never come out at, uh, at the beginning of the show. Okay, well, here I am. Look, All right. Look. Yay, Back Ryan. in Mark's garage, it's only marginally really hot. He got a fan now. Yeah. With well, a I've, remote I've been Mark's fan for a while. Oh, is it going to be? Kevin's gone, so you're picking uh, up his slack. I'm yes. Yeah. Oh, God. Is it going to be that kind of show? Um, well, Kevin is gone this week. He uh, just got a new job. Yay, Kevin. Uh, he's in, in sunny Minneapolis, which is how it's usually described. Oh, yeah. And um, so in his stead, we have back... Mr. Munoz. Matt Munoz. Hello, everybody. Hey, Matt. How are you? I just saw you la- a couple days ago. You did? Yeah, twice in one week. I don't. That doesn't happen very Not often. Very often. You must be living right. Well, <laughs> pff, which one of us? Yeah, <laughs> both of you. You deserve each other. Yeah, good times. Uh, I played a show, and, and Matt, Matt Helms a... Um, oh, that's right. How did that go? It went it's great. you and Phil. Yep, yep. Uh, that's right, Phil, a uh, longtime uh, friend of the show. Uh, he uh, and I played a show together at the Cactus Cafe, the famous listening room. And then Phil promptly jumped in a van the next day and moved to Portland, Oregon. So, hey, Phil, if you're here in the show, I hope you had a great trip up to Portland. Good times. Yep, was well, good times. He's a swell dude. We were happy to have him around as long as we did. Yeah, if had, I, had I known um, he was going to be leaving, I wouldn't complain so much about him coming on the show. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't <laughs> ever complain about him coming on the show. It bums me out because I was just starting to get to know him, and then he's gone. Well, you can go back and listen to him on these shows and get to oh, know him through his repeated like guest appearances. Right. Which the uh, vicarious friendship. Boom, boom, boom. Didn't his dog eat a pencil one time when I was the in here? First, the first time it was in Kevin's garage. How, how did that happen? She picked it she up off picked the up floor and, and started chewing on it. Oh, good yeah, stuff. she's eating things here. <coughs> she's, so, she's just quietly in the corner, like, waiting until we're not paying attention and try like scope out what she can, what mm-hmm. she can gnaw on. No, no, that is a... Damn good word to use, but no, that was a good yeah. word. Okay, I'm getting a little off track here. So before I do that anymore, uh, let's go ahead and play some music. I'm Shane. I'm Ryan. I'm Matt. And I'm Mark. And this is Somebody Likes It. Last week, uh, we didn't record this show. Um, we recorded, but not we this We recorded, show. but not this show. Yeah, Ryan and I recorded. So um, I think we had mentioned it on the air, um, the Stone Roses show, which will chronologically air right before this one on, on, on our site. On our site. Um, but last week, uh, we went with um, the gang, some of the gang from Highly Suspect Reviews, which is another podcast on this site, one well, of us. The, the Podfathers podcast. That's true. Brian and Brian and Chris. And um and Ryan and I joined them and we went and watched an advanced screening of Straight Out of Compton, the NWA biopic that is now currently sitting at number one. It was the highest grossing movie in the United States over the last week. And um and Matt, you said you saw it too? I did. Well so I just want to recap a little bit. So for those of you I would I would highly recommend it Highly recommend that you go, go check out their the page. highly suspect yeah. reviews. It's a great podcast, and uh, and uh, they they do something new every week. Um, but I just want to kind of basically Mo- it's always movie related. Yeah, it's there, always right? movie. Yeah. So you know, because the reason that we went and 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 hung out with them was because it's a music. We had been talking 
you know, over the course of the last year about maybe going and watching a, a music movie together since we're the, we're the only music-related podcast on this website. And um, that would kind of – there's a, a, a number of, of, uh, of shows that deal with movies and TV, um, and that would be nice to like kind of tie, tie those things together. A little cross-promotion. Right, yeah, there's that too. There's a big uh, word called synergy, I think. There, yes, that – it's a little of, too corporate. Yeah, it makes me think of somebody doing like like having a ponytail and doing yoga in a <laughs> in an office. <laughs> you know, exactly like right. in a boardroom with a PowerPoint presentation while they're doing yoga. I just yoga. think of like motiva- motivational speakers, you know, like like pacing back and forth and like with the, with the Garth Brooks microphone yes. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh so anyway, we went in and watched this movie and um it was interesting because and the way that it was set up when we, we got there a little later than everybody else, and, and the, the the other crew were on the opposite room, and Ryan and I were like facing them as we as lounging so, on a couch on a couch, which was really interesting. Yeah, because here in the garage we we have microphones that we we hold to our mouth, and there they have them all set up where you don't speak into them. So it was, all right, I can take a hand. No, 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 no. no, no. We <laughs> actually prefer this. Yeah, we like this better. Um, but and it was interesting because Ryan and I actually we were. Pretty much in agreement on. We're on the same page about what we thought of the movie. On step much. by step by step by step. I yeah. mean, we, they were, and they were pretty much all on the same page, and um, and so we had a lot to talk about. They normally do a twenty-five minute show. We did over fifty minutes. So, um, well, I was sitting next to you in the theater too, and you were pretty demonstrative about uh, your feelings as as the thing went on. Well, okay, that's because um, I was number one. I was trying not to fall asleep. I mean, the fucking thing is two and a half hours long. It starts out. Kind of like a Scorsese homage. Oh yeah, it's no it's spoilers, all these, please. All <laughs> these, it's all this action and crazy jump cuts, and and you're like, man, this is a blast. Yeah, I know, and it's and really it funny. funny and yeah, yeah and it, I, it would you know turn on a dime from being funny to dramatic, but it you know it didn't lose any of its energy, and then all of a sudden it was like, hey, you guys want to talk about paperwork? Yeah, yeah, it's like let's talk about the bottom line for and 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 all of a sudden everything was directed like it was really square and framed in the shot and like all of this like playful handheld camera work that was in the first part of the movie was just gone, and it just got silly. It just got it, you know what it felt it felt like just any other faceless, nameless, just every like set up each like pivotal point in this axe career and you got to make sure you knock it down mm-hmm. it, it, it turned into hollywood 101 to me yeah you're right it just uh, it started losing some of the grit that it was supposed to be portraying and it just started to get really formulaic and you know i think the performances are probably what head and shoulders kind of saves the thing especially that was well cast and well acted for sure but Man, it drags it badly for a while. Yeah, there, I mean, once you run out of stuff to talk about, uh, I mean, the thing that I thought was really interesting and what really made the first part of the movie, I, I thought it was a really smart decision for them to kind of go small. I mean, NWA's music took on huge themes, and it was, and it came out in a time where, like, big, bad things were going on in Los Angeles, and they were at the epicenter of that. Unlike now, when, when it's all... True, um, yeah. but, right, but I'm, that's, I'm saying that's what they were talking about. Sure, sure. Um, and so you can go really, really big on this stuff, or, or you can go small and get really into the characters and, and sort of have the theme, work in the themes 
you know, at, rather than have that be the overarching thing that what you're doing, have the characters be what you're concentrating on, which one would think would be the important thing to do. But instead, and that's what happens in the beginning, and it's it's really smart. The funniest things that happen and the most engaging things that happen are pretty much all when they're in the recording studio mm. over the course of the movie. Once that goes away, once they start going on tour and start blowing up, then it just becomes about, like you said, Hollywood 101. It's just like hitting all the big beats, the big scenes, and and then like the cheesy shit, like when uh. In case you didn't know that Easy had AIDS, toward the end of the movie, toward the end oh, of his, the well placed coughs, he would start like, coughing. Oh, it was so bad, so cheesy. Um, but I mean, but that was that way all through the movie. And by the way, did anybody notice this? But me, um, O'Shea Jackson Jr., Ice Cube's son, looks like a robot. No, he looks. Like a like a robot Ice Cube, like he looks exactly <laughs> like Ice Cube, but he can't act. Yeah. And I mean, I guess he could act just fine. I mean, but he did fine. He did I fine. Mean, you know, he's probably not gonna get nominated for anything. But like, he not did a lot fine. of charisma. It wasn't, there. It wasn't like just like uh, Keanu Reeves distractingly bad. Okay, uh, fair enough. That's a fair point. All right, we're gonna. Right, we're, we're gonna. gonna we, need, we, we we could talk about this goddamn movie all all day long. I have a I have a feeling. Well, we do need to veer into the topic at hand. Yes, that's true. So uh, we. I, we had teased that this week it was going to be my album, and, it, and I had picked uh, Father John Misty's I Love You, Honey Bear. But Kevin wants to be in the room for that one. Um, so we let Matt pick this week. And Matt, why don't you tell us about what you picked? Sure. It's a, it's a record from 1990 by – I don't want to say they're a little-known band, but I would, I would go ahead and say they're a little-known band called Darling Buds. They're a little bitty footnote in kind of this weird transition and – in pop and indie rock, and with a, with a record called Crawdaddy. You know, it's funny um, listening to this record. Was okay. It was a it was a it was a time machine for me. And this That's is exactly what I was. This thinking. is the yeah. shit that this is the kind of shit that I was listening to in when you and I first started hanging 100%. out. This is the kind of stuff that we listen yeah, to totally. all, like a ton. But the interesting thing was, so I knew the first song. Um, it makes no difference. Um, which, by the way, uh, can I say? Like, I've been really, really enjoying um, Wolf Alice lately. Yep. And um, man, does that, does do they sound a lot like that first song? It makes no difference. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about that later. And then is and then I but I couldn't figure out. I was like, did I used to own this record and I just completely forgot about it? And then like a little ways down, uh, a, a, a song came on and I realized I had it on a mixtape that I used to listen to when I had to clean the courthouse in Kerbal because I. Hydroplane into my grandfather and destroyed his truck. <laughs> I hate it when that and, happens. And the um, the cop gave me a ticket for failure to maintain speed. And so, um, so yes. But I would listen to this mixtape with the, that song was on. It's like, oh yeah, it's from that. And then as it went further, and I was like, but that that I own that. And I realized Daniel Matthews. Um, uh, that makes sense. A friend. Because listening to this, I was like, how did we not? Listen to this shit all the time back yeah. then. I think we did, but I think like da Daniel. I mean, uh, it sounds kind of familiar to me, but I didn't know any of these songs. Yeah, and Daniel was I my know. roommate, as you know, so I must have heard it. Yeah, he was a fan of, uh, of this band, but you know, that's that's an exciting piece of, of musical history that um, I'm sure is riveting to the audience. But oh, yeah. a mutual <laughs> friend of Ryan and, and mine uh, used to really like this band, so that's where we heard it before. But how did we mi completely miss it? I don't know. I, I would have thought it would have been heavy rotation. Um, you know, it's it's funny. It's one of those little records that I always kept going back to, and now, gosh, gosh, twenties, almost thirty years on, or whatever it is from the release date. It, um, I think, I'm on my fourth or fifth copy of it. 
just because I either wear it out, you know, and and having to go back and, and get a new copy. It's just one of those things where I felt like it was my little secret for the longest time, and then you kind of... Well, and they were on a major. They were on Epic, which yeah. is Sony. Yeah. And, like, man, they really dropped the ball, because, like, this has all kinds of potential. Oh, yeah, and it sounded good. The, the product, yeah. Stephen Street Stephen Street, yeah. You know what? Here, but here's something about Stephen, and he did the next record, too, which... Um, I guess w- the, there was, was a song off Swan it. Swan Song, I think. It was, but there was a song off it, Long Day in the Universe, which was on the the, the cult classic I Married an Axe Murderer yeah. soundtrack. So, so I Married an Axe Murderer. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. love that movie. And that, um, that record had the unfortunate un- name of being called, uh, was it the oh, erotica, erotica? Which a week later, Madonna, Madonna put out Erotica. Yeah. Erotica. Yeah. You, you think which somebody would have been on top of that, yeah. too, you know? Like at a fucking major label. Like, yeah. <laughs> hey, by the way, the biggest artist in the entire world <laughs> next <laughs> week is going to put out a record with you. But, you know, but you also sh- could have. You also would think that it, it might have had a, like a little bit of a benefit on their album sales, yeah. you know. People pick up their own with copy. some accidental sales because the because the cover, cover is of it, even like kind yeah. Of, oh man, it was just very Madonna-esque on it. Hey, why don't why don't we listen to a song real quick and then uh, we'll come back and, and talk some you more about get this. Want to get track? Yeah, it makes no difference. You want to do that? Yeah. Okay. Uh, this is uh, it makes no difference by Darling Butts. So yeah, that uh, song makes no difference. Actually, landed at number thirteen on the modern rock tracks on Billboard. Yeah, I rem- I mean, I thought it would have been higher than that. That's the, like I definitely, definitely remember that. Like hearing that song. Well, right around this time, I was interning at like the first like alternative radio station here in Austin. In the world? Oh, never mind. Not in, not in the world. Knack. 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 And uh, and like I don't remember them being in the rotation at all. Like and I'm like I don't know why not. I this kind of came into my consciousness because, of all places, when I was going to college in Amarillo, the junior college, Amarillo College, which would like be the ACC here, had a hundred thousand watt radio station. No shit. Which pretty much covered all the entire Panhandle, Oklahoma, New Mexico, and they had a great station called FM ninety. And at one at the time, there was a thing called the Gavin Music Report, which was like the real indie kind of um, precursor to. Um, Oh, what's the thing? It was like CMJ or something. Like, like the precursor like, to CMJ. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and the the program director there, this guy by the name of uh, Jamie Carr, just played great music and he found always these great things. And then you'd end up seeing the video like on 120 minutes and like, oh, and then you'd make the connection. You're like, wow. The, you know, so getting back to this, um, to this song and the, this album, the, the production 
sounds great. And I don't always think Stephen Street's production ages very well. Uh, oftentimes Some of it's it definitely doesn't. dated. Um, the only thing in that song that really dates it is is the incredible amount of reverb on her voice. Yeah. The wispy. Um, and also, the there's, wispy a, there's a lot of – did you guys notice, like, that um, in, 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 in interesting places on this record – um, the stone roses loom large in the background. Oh yeah. Oh well, you know. So this this is this is kind of my elevator speech synopsis of this record. It's like if the Sundays rocked more, and there's like throwing a dash of Madchester sound to it. Sure. Um, yeah. I, there's definitely also. Um, it, it, she sounds a little like, and the music definitely sounds a, a little like um, Belly, like Tanya Donnelly. Mm-hmm. I could see. Well, there some was, of there that. were all those bands with like sort of sprite like Enigma. Uh, lead singers, and I guess this, they were part of something called the Blonde Movement. Yeah, I never heard thing. of that before. Me neither. But th- the crazy thing about this record is it's really a precursor to like Elastica, to Belly, like you mentioned. It kind of lines uh, like up Letters to Cleo. Letters to Cleo. Uh, well, Letters to Cleo, up. the American version. And, mm-hmm. then, and then, and then, as like I said in the beginning, an extension of even now, like Wolf Alice, um, Wolf Alice. which I'm I not familiar with Wolf Alice. I got to check this out. It's oh, I might have to change. I might have to change my my pick today then, or something. Okay, um, it's right up your alley. There, there, Wolf Alice to me sounds like if you were to cross Letters to Cleo and Veruca Salt. That's yeah, that's, that's really that what sounds promising. It, yeah, we'll, we'll discuss this I, later. And I, I kind of also wrote a couple other uh, bands that kind of along the lines because. To me, this record and, and an album by a band called Sleeper, which was also oh yeah, yeah same thing, Stephen Street, uh, an album called Sleeper um, Smart. It is really they were the precursor of the Belly Elastica. There's another band called Transvision Vamp, mm-hmm. right along the lines, and those were in that wheelhouse when I, when I really loved a lot of of the British band. You know, this band was from well, and frankly, Wales, but Shane's band back in the day, Clean. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Um, I mean, I think there you could. You guys would have made a perfect that. opening act for these yeah. guys if they sure. Yeah, I mean, at some point I can even hear. They um, might have been broken up by the time you guys. Yeah, got I think they were. Um, but yeah, similar similar sound, female singer, um, kind of jangly pop, jangly pop mm-hmm. with a little muscular musculature, whatever mm-hmm. in there at times. I sometimes she even sounds like Sarah Shannon, the singer a from little, Velocity Girl. Yeah, Velocity Girl. I was going to bring them up too. The other thing that I like about it, and you mentioned it a couple times, is the Stephen Street production. It kind of, if you listen to some of the later records that he produced. A band called Gene, which was one of the biggest Smiths ripoff. Oh, yeah, yeah. We've discussed Gene on this show. And then uh, a band called Marion, which was the second subpar Smiths ripoff. And then um, the Courtneyers, which was a band from a couple years ago, and Cut Off Your Hands. Two great bands that are direct ripoffs of the Smiths, but they have that great Stephen Street production that you can hear in this record where he kind of really hones it and then takes it to these, these younger kids from the last couple of years. Right, yeah. Well, I don't know these bands yeah, that you're naming, really but yeah, um, I, I, I should I should write them down yeah. at some point. Yeah. You want to listen to another song? Yeah. You know what? I, uh, do you have songs picked out that you want to listen to? Well, I definitely, I think what you should go with if you've got it, um, the one that actually hit number five on the modern rock chart, which is Crystal, Crystal Clear. Clear. That's the one that was on my um, mixtape that I used to listen to when I had to mop up the courthouse because I wrecked my car into my grandfather's truck. And, and, this, is the, and this is the video that 120 Minutes played a bunch, and it kind of went along with the Happy Mondays. This one's a little bit more hippie, psychedelic it's, vibe it, to it. Mm-hmm. It's got that um, chapter house drum sound. While we're talking about early 90s British bands. Right. Oh God! You gonna I, bring I up the House we're... Martins now? Yeah. <laughs> Look, Mark. Mark just like Mark just perked up. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I knew that we were gonna fuck. If I picked 
this album like because mark gave, uh, matt gave me a, a list of, of records he's like how about one of these one of these i was like let's do that one and i was like fuck we were just gonna fall into a early <laughs> 90s british music like fucking like wormhole jello wrestling pool <laughs> in the middle of the oh god that's a horrible mental image i need to remove from my head uh, let's listen to crystal clear by the darling buds Excellent song that I'm just amazed that I I don't know backwards and forwards already. E- excellent song and so of its time. Very much. I mean, no, this is, like you said it right. Like time machine. Like this whole record. Listen to it. And I immediately. It wasn't one of those things I had to grow on me. Like immediately, I'm like, oh, I know this. Oh yeah, for me it was. It, it was. It just reminded me of like summers, like go into the swimming hole and stuff like that like it was very visceral like my response to listening to this stuff but that that was the interesting thing is and then and then realizing like well i really don't know any of these fucking songs they just fit just right into that familiar. They're, they're exactly the kind of thing we were listening to back then and it was the vibe that kind of went along and it, you know it's, it's unfortunate because this little band just kind of get got caught between these big changes in well, music they, they they stopped playing music because they weren't being successful, which yeah. is crazy. Well, I mean, yeah, that is crazy, but we don't know the whole story on that. The internet is 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 lacking for many details on the on the Darling Buds. Yeah, the Wikipedia uh, entry is not even really just, short. Not even just that, just all over the place. I try. I yeah. attempted to to dig in a little bit, and there there was not. There was well, not they much they kind of called it quits like right before the internet became like a thing. Yeah, you know, a, well, a, a daily presence in people's lives. And here's the thing that's interesting. That, I mean, like the most interesting, and Matt, you commented on this earlier, is that I mean, like we we'll all agree, like this. Okay, this record is not a life changing record, but no. it is perfectly pleasant. It is. Oh, it's absolutely pleasant. It's if I have record. a beef with it, is that it, it kind of peters off towards the end. The songs aren't as good. That is exactly and right. lyrically, I since actually, I'm such a Harriet Wheeler fan from the Sundays, like. They're perfectly servi- serviceable, just fine lyrics. I'm gonna t- all right. I'm gonna take two minor issues with that. Um, Go for it. The one thing is, um, Matt, yeah. can you give me that? Why well, I'm just like saying it to you off the mic, like yeah. it's a secret. <laughs> um, <laughs> track listing right here. And uh, so, w- w- you're. It, it, it's not the lyrics themselves that become workmanlike, or, or it's the it's the topics of conversation. The topics a lot about. Heartbreak, but but there's some really pointed evil stuff sometimes. I, I don't it. think they're all crabby, but I, I remember like listening to one of the songs. It's probably one of the last three that I'm just like, really, is that where you're going with this? And they're not they're not Noel Gallagher stupid. 
Uh, <laughs> like they're better than that. They're just not like where I'm going. Like like man, that's amazing. Like I didn't have that moment while listening to this record. That I, said, they're not so bad that I think they t- take away from the music. I actually think that my favorite song on this record is the second to the last record, or the second to the last song. Which one's that? So close. So close. Hmm. And it's like one of the slower ones. I wish they would have put it in the middle of the record. And that yeah, my, my broken up. A yeah, bit. my quibble with the record is it's all mid tempo. There's not a lot of variations in the yeah. songs. Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of start to blend together that way. Yeah. Um, but that song is 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 really different. Um, I I get what you're saying about it petering out a little bit, but not not, not necessarily every song. But like the first, I don't know, three, four, five songs. I'm like, oh, they're this just is so a in really your face. Fucking good record. And well, then, and then it starts to kind of blend in. It starts together. to blend in. That's yeah. the thing. I don't think there's a. I don't think there's a. a most of the, and we've talked about this numerous times uh, on the show. Well, probably most of these songs could have been a single. True, but that's the thing. Like, and and so our our good friend Marcus Rice. Uh, I may have mentioned this before on the show, but it definitely needs to be mentioned. When you're a band and you write nothing but singles, um, you're just always trying to swing for the fences. Mm-hmm. Your your home runs get lost amongst home runs, you know, and that's you see that a lot. Like you yeah. see, it starts to become a little samey after a while. There's not a lot of like like you know variation. Like at, throw a couple ballads in there, and I'm not talking like you know. Wanted Dead or Alive kind of ballad, but you know, like I wish you would. Well, track five is a song called "You Won't Make Me Die," and it's kind of the big sweeping ballad of the record, which is kind of cool. But it kind of really does sound very nineties kind of ballad, almost like they're swinging for the fences. If well, yeah, they're trying to cross over. I a little bit. I think that I think that that song. Um, I like the lyrics in that one. Yeah, it's um, really good. It kind of that one to me sounds almost like it should be on a Velocity Girl record. Right. Yeah. yeah. So. I, I agree. Well, okay, listen. We should get into why don't the we, middle section yeah, a why few don't we minutes do with. Intermission, and uh, we'll come back well, in. Okay. All right. I guess I'm going to pull an audible, and I'll, I'll go ahead and, since, in honor of our special guest, Matt Munoz. If, if if you have something that's really fucking great, like Van Halen's pretty well, the, the, okay. So, the, man, this is tough because <laughs> I was gonna stick with like the theme of this record and pick Lloyd. I'm ready to be heartbroken, which has a really entertaining video by Cameron Obscura. Uh, oh, I'm, really, a, I'm a huge fan of that. Has a really entertaining yeah. video, but then when I was watching 120 Minutes the other day, I saw Ouija board, Ouija board. By <laughs> I've Morrissey actually never seen that for the video. first Wait, time. No, 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 I think I, I don't think oh, I've ever seen. Yes, you have. Yeah. Oh yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it. Right? Isn't there like a crystal ball involved? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm I'm a little torn. Like I like for the last several days, I've been kind of going back and forth. Like, do I want to? Like the video. So if, if nobody, if you, those of you out there have not heard Lloyd, I'm ready to be heartbroken. You could probably just plop it down in the middle of this record, and it's a perfect nobody, pop yeah. song. Yeah, it's a great pop song. It's probably better than anything on this record. However, as much as I like this record, but it, it's definitely of the same genre. Yes. Like, um, and it has a very entertaining video. Also, Morrissey, Ouija Board, Ouija Board is both a good song and a really ridiculous video. Okay, I want to do the Ouija Board, Ouija Board. All right, let's, let, in honor of Matt being here and you guys being Matt. And now we, Smith but, and Mar- producer Mark was telling us that he's a huge Smith fan too, which I am. I did not know that. So, all right, well, we'll let's get into it. Uh, a little bit of Ouija Board, Ouija Board by Morrissey. Ouija Board, Ouija Board, Ouija Board, would you help me? Because I still do feel so 
good yeah I, i've good always pick. liked that song even though i think it's a little goofy it, well um, i think it's goofy on purpose you know uh, i i remember um uh, you know years ago you just just i mean i slavishly fawned over everything the man released mm-hmm. um at least until kill uncle but we can talk about that later <laughs> on a, that's another show but um but yeah i was like this is fucking goofy <laughs> but now in my older after watching that video especially um, I realized that there's a, there's a lot of humor in there. I mean, For you sure. know it's a humorous song because of the the line um, when he actually makes contact on the Ouija board and it says Stephen, which is his this, first name. Yeah, well, it's like he's contacting his, his younger self. Yeah. Like, um, well, Steve- in, in that same period, like Bonadrag, what's the song where he says like, uh, you know, like, oh, I'm giving it up, and everybody's like, yeah, oh, I changed my mind again. Yeah, yeah oh, I changed my mind again. Oh, oh. <laughs> like, yeah, that's a good song. Um, yeah, so that video, for those of you that haven't seen it, it's it's worth a look. Even well, though it's weird because it's you know it does that country music thing where like the videos about what the song's about, but it's also Morrissey weird. You know, like there's little well, people it, running around and it, like an androgynous kind of little person. And but so here's the thing about Morrissey weird is that it's obvious that the guy has a great sense of humor, right? Sure. But his ego is so big and crazy weird at the same time that sometimes it's difficult to remove from what is actually meant to be funny <laughs> and what he's like com- completely being straight faced about because as, as because as Matt pointed out before we watched this 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 video is Morrissey's pompadour and at, it's, at its most splendor yeah it's most brilliant and uh and there's funny stuff i mean you know it's supposed to be funny like uh he's sitting in a room with like this David Lynchian wallpaper behind him, um, and then it, and then it goes to this this gypsy woman that's reading a crystal ball, and then she's going to set the crystal ball on a shelf, and you can you can see on the bottom of the crystal ball there's a sticker on the bottom of it that says marked for clearance. I mean, you know, it's supposed to be funny, yeah. mm-hmm. but but at the same time, well, and then, ho- she, then she takes like I don't know if it's like mushrooms or or what, but she she drinks something out of the fridge and starts tripping i guess and uh, and there's two small children wearing like bell like el- elevator yeah. operator yeah. from like the early 20th century with the elevator operator like pillbox hat thing and mm-hmm. all the rows of buttons that are like leading him through the forest <laughs> yeah it's perfectly i would rational. say maybe wes anderson looked at this video a couple a couple of times before perhaps he that uh, was the movie mm-hmm. uh Oh, the all of them? <laughs> well, <laughs> possibly, yeah. No, but the one with the, the, with the kids the in the tracksuits. And, and oh, 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 oh Grand Budapest. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Budapest okay. So, yeah, right. The, what, the, what the kid is wearing in, in that movie, that's what these little kids yeah, were yeah. wearing as they led Morrissey through the forest. 
And so the connection between the video and the Darling Buds record is that Stephen the Street co-wrote the song with Morrissey. That's true. So uh, <laughs> there there was a run of singles after um, Viva Hate, yeah. um, and this was one of them. Um, was this like the the at the end of that, or was it at the be- in the middle of? Because there were a bunch of singles that were, were really well received. Well, Bona Drag was basically a collection of singles, right? right? Bona Drag was after Viva right. Hate. Yeah. After it, those it, sessions. I think this is kind of, may have been at some point a demo in those sessions. You know, the Viva Hate was originally called Education Reverse. So I think this is one of those tracks that kind of were towards the end of the session. If my memory kind of, there's a lot of information about Morrissey in my head. So sure. I think... <laughs> It's somewhere along the lines there. But the interesting fact is the B-side, Yes, I Am Blind, which is one of my favorite. It's a great, great song. And written by Andy Rourke, who was in the Smiths. I did not know that. Yeah. It's just it's just one of those things that I think it's so funny because you have that, It's I don't want the whimsical take on this record, and then the B-side is this, this beautiful, beautiful anthemic it, classical Morrissey song. Very, very, very different. I, there's a lot of whimsy in this, but I think there's. it's also sort of like a, it's a really, really winking knowledge of what it's doing. And especially if you watch that video, you can tell that. And I think if, if it were eviscerated by, by critics at the time, and it was at the time, it, it was because I don't think a lot of people – because it's a big tonality shift from what you're used to for Morrissey, even when he's at his funniest. Yeah. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, that's often. Uh, this This is just – it's like going from like, it's going from a, a welcome to the dollhouse type comedy to like the Marx Brothers. I mean, there's a tonality shift that you're not used to. And if if you think that he's taking himself seriously in this, which he obviously isn't, I could see why it at the time, like in retrospect, I bet a lot of those people if they listen to this song, they're like, oh yeah, right, didn't get it, didn't get it then. Yeah, well, that's their loss. Well, it's in it, and it's our game. That's yeah. true. Thank you. Yeah, my, p- my pleasure. Pick. Okay, well, we should get back to the task at yeah. hand. There you go. Yeah, that was certainly entertaining. Uh, could go on and on. That's well, true. We're not going to. We could. We just in the break. Ryan went outside to have half a cigarette. That as is his want. That is my want. You're such a creature of habit. Like you, true. You never ever ask to have. You always wait till after the second, uh, till after the intermission. To, yeah. To have half of a cigarette. That's when I've had about a drink and a half. Oh, and okay. like, well, you know, I, and it's been a little while. But you are a creature of habit. Yeah. So in the in in the interme- in the in the intermission between the intermission and now. Uh, Matt and I just geeked out about <laughs> uh, Smith's uh, st- or in Morrissey stories, and um, yeah. yeah, you know what? It turns out you you kind of just don't let that that stuff go. Like when you see like dudes that are in their like late sixties that are like, you can hear slow ride like. Yeah. Like, like mm-hmm. you know, coming out of their car speakers, and they're like still like headbanging to it and stuff. Like the, the shit that you bond with when you're a teenager doesn't no, really ever that's go with you forever. It that's a beautiful yeah. thing. Okay, so darling buds, um, you know, I'm really glad that you brought this up. It's not. It, I've been thinking about bringing up some some stuff from the early '90s uh, music that you know, pop music, British centric, as it were, music. But I, I know it all. Well, you're, so well. you're a well-known Anglophile. 
That's true. But I know a lot of that music really well. Oh, you know what I heard on the way over here tonight? By the way, this is a band that I've thought about, um, and this is a record that I've wanted to, to, to bring up a lot, was um, All Right by Supergrass. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. It's placed in a commercial. It's commercial right now. It yeah. is in the commercial right now. Right now. But I don't actually know I should Coco uh, all do. the way through. It's, it's great record. incredible. I've heard, like, Highly underrated. Our, our friend band. Steve back in the day was a big Supergrass fan. but uh, And so I've heard bits and pieces of it, but I've never sat down and listened to it all the way through. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, Supergrass. Like I, I was like, God damn, what, what a, another underrated band from, from this period of time. But, but this band happens to be one of the Axe Groups bands that I – Knew but didn't know that well. Yeah, that kind of, of slipped through the cracks. Yeah. And I, like I said, I, I really think that Sony really dropped the ball, or and or their management, or something. It makes no sense to me. Like so many of these songs sound like they'd be in you know like '90s teen movies. And I, I think the crime mm-hmm. here is that if they would have come around maybe a year or two later, they would have been Elastica Big or Belly Big. Oh, I the mean, hooks it, are there. Yeah. yeah. It, I mean, it was right. It was the precursor to that stuff that was. A, that eventually did break through to the mainstream and, and but, it was I mean, all over modern rock radio. At that I mean, well, and I remember so. seeing the name around, and I was, you know, I was, you know one of those things I, was, I just kind of followed to the back of my mind, like, oh, I'll get around to listening to those guys, and then they just weren't around anymore. It was, and, and you know, doing some research for the record, I did find some YouTube videos of them kind of playing at a gig in April of this year, and her voice still sounds fantastic. Yeah, that's right. They, they, they reformed um, to some capacity. I just looked up their Facebook, like, yesterday, and apparently they've already... We broke it up. <laughs> uh, I think they kind of like it's with a heavy heart that I and I'm like, what? <laughs> Didn't this happen 20 years ago? <laughs> well, it, it's good stuff. Um, is there one you want to listen to on our way out? Let's t- let's talk a little bit about the uh, the song I um, yeah I brought up a little bit. I don't know if we did it on. We well, did. We, we, we hadn't listened to it's it. It's track yet. five, which is called "You Won't Make Me Die." And yeah, I think it's, it's 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 kind of a sweeping power ballad, but you could kind of hear it. Today you can. De- it's definitely nods to. Uh, I don't know when you say sweeping power ballad. I think of like Cinderella or um, or Home Sweet Angel. Home by like Motley uh, Crue or Angel by Aerosmith. I'll, I'll rephrase yeah. what I was about to say. So it, it kind of is the ba- ballad with a nod to please, please, please. It's very influenced by the Smiths. Yeah, you yeah. can hear that for a fact. to this has been really positive. Wait, wait a minute. Let me just state for the record that, that 
that finally Mark's picked up a <laughs> microphone. Yeah, have you show. spoken yet? I don't. I don't. Um, I've been soaking it all in. Time. I don't know what he's doing. Now. I've been live tweeting the show. Live tweeting is that illegal? So who are these bastards? So, is that illegal? <laughs> <laughs> bastards in my garage. So, um, yeah, that, uh, there's a really positive vibe about this band, about this this album, uh, but all of the comments, like on on air and off air, are about oh, and this sounds like that, and oh, this sounds like that. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Well, I, I think that's that's sort of. I mean, they definitely were their I think influences that's indicative on their sleeve. Of why they didn't really kind of push through. I mean, again, like we were saying, like it's not a groundbreaking record. It's a perfectly pleasant record, but it it does call a lot, and we have definitely brought that up. Like it it there's there's not a, a ton of originality in the. I mean, because you I mean you could easily take the complete opposite stance and say. Oh, they're so unoriginal. They just sound like all these well, other okay. people take, that are. Take an artist like, say, Lenny Kravitz, where like he pretty blatantly rips off a lot of stuff. And this is more like I feel like an homage to their influences. I mean, this song is probably the closest to like even like a specific song. I mean, I, like you hear this come in and you're like, "Good times for a change." Well, I mean, I get what he's saying. I get what you're saying, Mark. I mean, there's, I, I think like a lot of again, I don't. I hate the term like ripping off. I mean, I just say it's of its time. I mean, like the st- when I said earlier, the Stone Roses loom large. Um, it's not that they're it's, everybody sounded like that. They 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 were they they tapped. That was the zeitgeist. Well, but I, I don't have any problem with you know a band being influenced by another artist. You know, you know there's y- yeah. I don't oh, either. and I don't either. And and I'm not I'm not really. I mean, I guess I'm kind of playing devil's advocate for whatever it's worth. But um, I mean. This is nostalgic. This this brings back a lot of memories, and it was of its time. This is what tons and tons of bands sounded like. I can yeah. I can name a half dozen well, at least right off. Yeah. The if I'd been a giant Darling Buds fan, and then I heard Camera Obscura, I'd probably be like, "Oh, what a ripoff!" But as, as sure. it happens, I well, ended up knowing Camera Obscura first. But if you go and you listen to, like, say, let's say popular music today, like hip hop, like when there's a trend, there's a trend. And I think like what we're picking up on here more than anything else is just the way that music sounded at the time. So the people, the, the those bands that that rose to the top during that time. We're thinking, oh yeah, they sound like that. They sound like that. They sound like that. Whereas in reality, there were—that's just how bands sounded at that time. Like a, there was a ton a, of bands. A ton of bands yeah. sounded that way at that time. Um, like it, ev- know, probably every major music market, you know, uh, that had you know a thriving scene had at least one band that sounded like this. Sure. Yeah. You guys were it here in Austin. That's true. That's true. Yeah, and I never heard this band before, so and and it kind of. To I me, mean, I had heard them before, but to, to me, there's a couple things that are great about the record. Like you know, everybody's discussed. It's not groundbreaking. It's not a monumental record, but I think it's one of those record that that really fills in the gaps. And if it was a little bit more on the timing aspect or whatever those weird. I, I think a lot of it was factors, timing. I think you are right about that. It, it could have been a bigger record, but for yeah, they me, just missed their window somehow. Yeah, for me, it's one of those things that's still a great listen and i think it's a precursor to the elasticas and to modern day stuff like best coast pains of being pure at heart those kind of bands that kind of come from what this built before this and that part of the foundation that this built and, yeah and you know those well, i'll just say that a lot of times I'll, I'll get into a record that we're covering for the show and i'm like counting how many tracks all right how long do i have to listen to this and this i was just like Oh, I get to listen. Well, to it's this. short. It's it's, it's short. It's an easy listen, and it's a pretty yeah. short record. Yeah. Like, 
But, it, you know, with each new song, I was like, all right, I can get behind this. Yeah. Matt, thanks for coming in today. Absolutely. This is a good pick. Um, we'd love to have you back um, as often as possible. But, you know, I realize that, that you have another life. So, um, you know. Unlike all of us. Oh, right. Sorry about yeah, that. Yeah, I pretty much I just prepped for this show uh, for the rest of the week. <laughs> I am happy to be back on here. And, you know, the fact that you guys are helping Shandosia get out there. Oh, we haven't brought we that We haven't up. even talked about this. So we, 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 we do need to. And I love how you threw that in there because I had forgotten. Like, it's in one of the breaks. We're like the Shandosia Political Action Committee. Absolutely. We, we've made it. So those of you that listen to the show, longtime listeners, uh, will know that the first time that Matt came on the show, he introduced us to Shandosia. The greatest of any of the intermission songs we've done. It is by a – there's nothing that even tops it. I mean, it even gets close to topping it. Uh, and the song is Pink Panties, P-A-A-N-N-I-E-S. P-A-N-N-I-E-S. And so Shandosia was a late 90s R&B singer cut from the same cloth. R. Kelly. As R. Kelly and um, – Who's the cat that just put a record out last year? Uh, that D'Angelo. Yeah, D'Angelo. But, however, he has he has his own interesting twist on on this genre. So when we started listening to this, um, there were around I don't know fifty fifty views of the song. Oh um, no, it, it was more than that. It was it was, it was it like was a thousand or less. It was, no, it was less than a thousand. It yeah. was it was like maybe. 1,500. No, 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 it was less than 1,000. I think it was right at like maybe... In the 700s. Yeah, 700. Like it was less than 1,000. Well, we're starting to write it down now. Yeah, so writing it down. We're moving the needle here. So we've we've discussed this, um, and this song has sat dormant since 1999, and we've all taken it on our backs. Under our wings. Yeah, basically, I'm like, this song had passed out on um, Mount Everest, and I'm a Sherpa that's thrown it on my back. (laughs) That's going to <laughs> single-handedly not, make given to hyperbole. That's great. Yeah. I'm going to single-handedly make sure that it the world needs to know reaches the summit. The yeah. world does need to know. I'm so, not saying Straight Outta Compton is a horrible, horrible movie, but I would have rather have seen the story. Of the Pink story Pink of Shandosia. Shandosia. Just that one song. Just, just see. Well, the, and the, to recap for any, any of you new listeners, it's basically a Cinderella. a Cinderella story, but instead of a glass slipper, it's pennies. Yeah, so he so had he, too much to drink. He had a lot to drink, um, and he apparently went home with somebody, though he doesn't remember if he did mm-hmm. or who it was. But he found a pair of pink panties on his floor, and he's and he's imploring that person to come try them on, to come try them on to see if they fit them, so he'll know fit him, fit him. <laughs> so that in that way, he'll know that they are in fact that person's panties. It's the gift that keeps on giving. It yeah, really it, it doesn't. So the last time we stopped in. We we are slowly inching the needle forward. Last time we stopped in, about three weeks ago, it had moved uh, from seven hundred to six thousand, and now it, it's only moved uh, thirteen hundred and eighty six places or or views since we last saw it. So it's not exactly viral. Moving on. So we are going to go back to the states. We're going to watch. Um, well, we're going to listen to a song called "In Its Infancy," parenthetical "The Waterfall." by my morning jacket video pretty much is riveting this is a crazy ass weird song and the video is just hyperkinetic so i hope you guys are ready for that
my wine right <clears throat> um no however there is no doubt in my mind that jim james somebody, somebody had, had some had some mushrooms psychedelic uh their <laughs> medication without there is no doubt in my mind that psychedelics in some way were involved in the making of that song which by the way i don't know if you guys like this despite my better judgment I love this song. It's a pretty good song. Just, they're, they're like grandiose Americana rock. Like like if Pink Floyd had decided to like sure. go Americana. All right, I can I can see that. I don't see the Americana part, but I, I definitely can see what you're saying. Um, I don't know. It's like a mini suite. Um, there's no real chorus. There's no real verse. There's really not that many lyrics. Um, but at least the video lets you know when you're halfway through. And when you're coming up to the Be- end. Because the waterfall flips? Yeah. Yeah. That, oh, by the way, hyperkinetic video. Let's talk about, like, how much was going on in that well, one. Well, the first first two minutes of it, like, nothing's happening but a pan down of a waterfall. That's a pretty much the first five minutes of the whole video. I don't know how long it lasted. I kind of like tranced minutes, out. six seconds. Yeah, mm-hmm. you were wishing that I dosed your wine. To me, the song is a modern version of that Spinal Tap song. Right. Uh, I I totally get that. Like that makes sense. That that's the beginning part where it's like, the oh, idea was always dance. there. Oh, are you talking about like Stonehenge? Stonehenge. Yeah, Stonehenge? Stonehenge, not Big Stonehenge. Bottom. No, Stonehenge. right. But that, but that's the thing. Like it starts out with this really funny thing, and then it just goes into this cool song yeah, that's yeah. also um, insane and. LSD was involved somewhere, yeah. and, and I'm not trying to knock them by comparing it to Spinal Tap, but I it, no, I get what you're saying. Yeah. It's, it, it, I, I think that warrants the comparison, yeah. especially considering that they have this like dayglow picture of a waterfall, and that's the entire <laughs> video, and it slowly just well, it, it up flips. The... It's like one of those uh, like posters you'd look at in the '80s that you, you know if you looked hard enough, it'd turn into like a space shuttle. Oh yeah, you know what? It also reminded me like 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 some people's parents you go over to their house and they and, and like they had this thing from the '70s where they were like like these flowers, but they were made out of um, like small little um, um, what's the word for it? Damn it! Uh, Pipe cleaners. Thanks, Mark. Yeah, puppy chow. <laughs> it, thank you. No, uh, they would light at the in, uh, at, not cystic fibrosis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean like uh, like uh, God damn it, uh, fiber optics. Fiber optics. They would all <laughs> these fiber They would have all these little fiber optic things that would make a flower, and yeah. then they, and then they would light up as they turned, and they would turn into different colors. Yeah. You guys know what I'm talking about? Yes, that's yeah. what that video reminds me of. Yeah, it was like, like an blue. updated lava lamp. 
Like, yes, exactly. Yeah, and then he's talking about how the idea was always there for many years, and uh, again he stops the waterfall by merely thinking. Then again he stops the waterfall why by merely feeling. Yeah, you bet. Yeah, <laughs> sure thing. But Jimmy. it's good. That, <laughs> yeah. that, but that's the thing. It's it, it, it's funny as it is. In in the meat of, I'm just like banging my hand down like something's. Ryan Your is, Honor, <laughs> stop in the name of love. Uh, it, like it's. It's still a it's a fun song to listen to. It like is. I, I would not change the channel, but it, it partially for the humor aspect, but partially it's just a it's a it's pretty, a pretty song. good song. Well, the first uh, I just made me want to watch uh, that Travis video. Uh, Why does it always rain on me? Where it's got like that really verdant cliff they oh, jump yeah. off of, and I haven't the, seen the, it. The, really? No, but That's I do want to put a, I do want to do a Travis video in the intermission. I'm glad you mentioned it, and I'm, I I've forgotten it until right now. You know what it also reminds me of, keeping on the satirical kind of funny thing, is I think it's an SNL skit, uh, Lothar of the Hill people. Yeah, Mike Myers. Oh, yeah, that's funny, yeah. <laughs> you just say Mike Mills? No, I said Mike Myers. It would be funnier if it were Mike Mills. If they, Mike they had like Mike Mills like from R.E.M., <laughs> like guest host. Uh, as Lothar. As Lothar. Lothar. <laughs> okay, guys, that was fun. Good time. I'm glad that, uh, I'm glad that you guys... Enjoyed that crazy cross-cutting video. I mean, you never knew what angle they were going to come from in that morning, oh, my morning yeah. jacket one. Yeah. So uh, thanks for thanks for putting up with that. Next week, we'll be back with one of my picks. Do you care to reveal? Of course, I already revealed it. It's uh, Father John Misty. Oh yeah, I yeah, love yeah. you, Honey Bear. And, and uh, let's see. And my brother should be back. Yeah, I'm going to say because we usually like to do two weeks in advance. I'm going to say that Kevin's probably going to pick the soundtrack to Footloose. Oh, oh, yeah, you got your finger on prominently the pulse right featuring there. Kenny Loggins. Yeah, yeah. So if he doesn't, I'm not wagering any money. But if no, he doesn't, you're not going to eat your hat or. You know. I'll eat my hat. All right. I'll eat the hat I'm wearing right now. <laughs> okay. All right, so uh, thank you again, Matt. Thank you, guys. This has been great, great fun. Uh, until uh, until next week. And and also in the interim between. Oh, what? You're going to be Shane. Well, in it. Oh, That right. is, yes. until <laughs> next week. <laughs> until next. From until, now until next from week. From now until, no, until next week. Out. Yes, thank you for pointing that out. I, I don't know where my head goes <laughs> at these times. Uh, at, anyway, I'm Shane. I'm Ryan. I'm Matt. And I'm Mark. This is Somebody Likes It.